G'day, humans. What a week in the United States, at least. This is raising all kinds of questions about human rights, uh, women's rights, women's right to choose, obviously. I'm getting a lot of questions on social media about what I think about the leaked document from the Supreme Court. That alone is unprecedented, the idea that uh, a draft uh, decision would be leaked to the press, to Politico, and I'm sure there will be all the uh, the necessary hunting down of whether or not that came from liberals inside the court, whether it may have come from a justice or a clerk, whether it could have come from the conservative side of the court trying to make this decision a fait accompli. If you're not across it, basically, the constitutional decision, the Supreme Court decision, Roe versus Wade, that has ensured uh, a woman's right to have an abortion uh, for decades it seems, is about to be overturned. I don't know whether or not there's that's a, that's a done deal yet. Uh, I'm not a, you know, I have no special insight into the workings of the court and whether or not they could consider to wind it back. But this draft decision written by Samuel Alito certainly seems to be the writing on the wall for a conservative Christian, really, goal of uh, the past half century to come to fruition this year. And this will be probably the biggest legacy of the Trump administration, of Trump's first term, shall we say, uh, in case he has another. I haven't wanted to talk about this on the air on my radio show. It's not really the place for it, but I do want to have share a few thoughts here. So instead of releasing our scheduled episode, which is uh, with the extraordinary individual Kurt Fernley, who you'll hear from next week, I thought we should just try to unwrap some of this and hopefully help you to think about it. I have long publicly held that courts are too overweighted in American democracy and that it's foolhardy to entrench rights too much in the justice system rather than in the legislative branch, which I think is where where we in a democracy should come to decisions about big issues like abortion. Um, What's scary about this decision for me, quite apart from the obvious fact that it's going to derange the lives potentially of millions and millions of American women and leave open the possibility of a future Republican administration with a Republican House and a Republican Senate conceivably imposing a ban on abortion in all states, not just the ones who choose to ban it now, is that the decision also throws into question, although it claims not to, all of the other constitutional decisions that the Supreme Court has arrived at, which are also based on the same premise in the Constitution. I mean, you know, the right to gay marriage is, is, is also obviously not written in the Constitution. It's a right that is discovered and that the Supreme Court has uh, interpreted the, uh, the 14th Amendment as implying, uh, treating everybody equally. Uh, there are all kinds of potential ramifications if you wanted to think about the ripple effects of all this, that this court or future courts, which may yet be even more conservative, who knows, could undo. And it's a cautionary tale about what happens when conversation becomes so polarised that you start using the umpires as a way of achieving legislative victories. It's the wrong place to locate uh, our democratic disagreements, the control of the court. 
I think this has been clear for some years, and now the chickens are coming home to roost. It's also worth noting that even when the legislative process is inadequate and laws are imperfect, the temperature of American democracy is so hot that it doesn't allow for the fuzzy edges that other democracies enjoy. It may sound a bit weird to say that fuzzy edges are something that you would enjoy, but there is a kind of sort of uh, don't ask, don't tell approach to these hot button issues in a lot of other democracies that doesn't seem to exist in the US because the moment you give anyone an inch, they will take a mile. So to articulate exactly what I mean, in the jurisdiction where I live, New South Wales, the most populated state in Australia, do you know when abortion became legal? Less than three years ago. Do you know how many people were getting abortions prior to that? Loads. I have two friends who have had abortions uh, and they certainly didn't technically meet the requirements of the law. So just to, to fill you in a, a, a little bit, prior to 2019 in New South Wales, abortion was explicitly listed as a crime, but the interpretation of that law was subject to a, a ruling, a court ruling, the, the Levine ruling, which held an abortion to be legal if a doctor had an honest and reasonable belief that due to any economic, social, or medical ground or reason, the abortion was necessary to, quote, preserve the woman involved from serious danger to her life or physical or mental health, which the continuance of the pregnancy would entail. Now, that language was big enough to drive a truck through or to drive thousands of abortions through, as the case may be. And if we lived in a culture which was inclined to litigate everything and to push for our rights as far as is humanly possible, and to test the very limit of every word and every statute. I can fully imagine a scenario in which any one of my friends who had gotten an abortion could have told someone else who might then sue their doctor, the question of whether they'd have standing, I suppose maybe they were they would have to be a partner or something like that who didn't want the abortion to go ahead. But you could, you know, if you were a conservative Christian lobby group, you could f- certainly find such a person uh, with whom to launch such a case. And you could say, well, hang on, what was the serious danger here? And the reality is that doctors just interpreted a serious danger to mental health as being the fact that the woman wants an abortion. And if she doesn't get it, that poses a serious danger to her mental health. Therefore, there were plenty of widely available abortions funded by the federal government, at least in part, depending on where you were. And on it went. And that was only codified into law in October of 2019 when abortions up to 22 weeks were legalised, after 22 weeks you need two doctors' uh, approval. That's the state in New South Wales, and now the law has caught up in every state and territory. But I just say that to point out those two points. One, there is room in a democracy for a little bit of closing our eyes to big culture war fights and just sort of allowing things to happen in the background. You could could argue, make the same case against... Uh, euthanasia, which, you know, physician-assisted suicide is still illegal in New South Wales. It's the only state in Australia where it is still illegal, and it still takes place sometimes in the shadows. 
Now, I've argued in print in the past that that should cease to be the case. We should legalise it. We should have systems in place. We should make sure that it is uh, codified. But that's largely so that you don't have abuses of the system where it takes place without the kinds of uh, guardrails that you would have if there was a law governing how it can be done. That's it's largely to appease people who are opposed to euthanasia, to uh, ensure that you have the, the necessary number of doctors signing off on it and that it only takes place under certain conditions when the person is terminally ill and there are no other options. Because at the moment, it's a wild west, just like with the drug with the war on drugs, you know, when you when you ban something entirely, it's essentially completely unregulated and you're handing it over to the black market. You're handing it over to take place in the shadows. Now, in the case of the war on drugs, I think that's a calamity. In the case of abortion prior to 2019, it just kind of putted along and it was just kind of okay. Now, I know that's not an ideal situation. I know that women's rights uh, activists will think that that's an abomination that I would even suggest that. Uh, I think it's good that it's now legal in New South Wales. But my point is simply that, you know, when things are very, very hot to touch, maybe it's just best not to touch them. And then the second point I would make is just that this the, this should be located in Parliament. This should be located in Congress, either state Congresses or federal Congress, ideally state. You know, ideally people should have the the, the right to, to form whatever political system they want to as close to home as they can rather than having it far away in Washington, D.C., making rules about what goes on in Wyoming. But if Washington, D.C. is going to make rules about what's going on in Wyoming, then surely it should be the democratically elected you know, representatives of the people who are making those rules, not a bunch of justices. <sighs> I got into a chat about this a few years ago on Joe Rogan's show, uh, as many of you will know, I've been on Joe's show seven times since 2014, and our discussion got a bit heated. I want to play you a little bit of it here, just so you can hear Joe and me fleshing out how we think about who has standing to talk about this, to think about this, to make rules about this sort of thing, and it'll articulate better than I can right now here by myself my thinking about this. Here is some of Joe Rogan and me from five years ago. That's where it gets weird. But isn't this the like life in general? Yeah, it's slippery. Yeah, there's, there's. I mean, it's like we were talking about with abortion. Like, what is it? Is it killing a baby? Yeah, or is it a medical procedure? Yeah, you know can I mean? we all just agree that it's both? That like that. No, I don't can't. understand why there is, in, especially in this country. Like, it's so. So polarizing here. You isn't know, this, polarizing this is not Europe a debate. Well? No. Oh come on, man! I, no. Dawkins, Dawkins had tweeted something about it that there was nothing that, that people like a human embryo was uh, essentially the same thing as a pig embryo it was like some ridiculous comparison to abortion. Look, I was like, the, That's the religious right will always be crazy about the things that it's crazy about, and people will always get offended on Twitter when Richard Dawkins tweets something that's unpopular. But I still affirm that in the state, in the states, the conversation around abortion is uniquely different from the way that it is in Europe hmm. and in Australia. It's much more of a... It's just much more of a fault line issue. And I wonder whether, in hindsight, it wouldn't have been better for Roe v. Wade not to actually have been decided by the Supreme Court that way. What? Well, just because... I don't know. People are going to hate you don't me for have this a womb, as well. You fucking cisgender piece of shit. I believe, I believe in abortion... With your surrogate mama. I believe in abortion rights, but I don't believe that it's... 
that you can find in the Constitution of the United States a right so inalienable that the Supreme Court... Like, where is it in the Constitution? The Supreme Court said there's a right to privacy, therefore there's a right to abortion because we don't want to interfere in women's affairs. But that presupposes that the embryo isn't a human. You don't have the right to privacy to kill somebody, right? I mean, if I go into a room, my right to privacy doesn't extend to me get, being able to get away with killing a baby. The question of whether or not it's a baby is the relevant question. Right. That's not addressed at, you know, in, in row. So I think that it should be legal, but I think that it should be legal through the legislative process. I think that is a legitimate democratic aspiration for people to be able to and if it means that it's not legal in alabama because a majority of people in alabama don't want it i don't think the founding fathers would have a problem with that well there's a strong amount of a large amount of people that don't want men talking about this at all that yeah, don't well, feel that them. you should be able no, to discuss right. this yes that's this that is, is the problem female, that is one of the main problems in female issue in well America i can understand well. a woman being upset that a man with no stake in the game is stepping up and saying that a woman should or should not be able to have an abortion. Well, why? I mean, how do I have stake in the game of whether or not, for well, example, murder should be legal? Well, okay, this is not that. This is this is something different. This is no, someone. No, it's not. If there's it's not like something three different. cells, it's, it's, an, it's a moral body, question. It might be to you, but it might not be to them. If it's just happening, like okay, here's the morning after pill. Mm -hmm. Is that the same as an abortion? I don't care because I, th I don't think there's anything wrong with abortion. No, I don't think there's anything it, wrong with abortion. But sure there is. If it's a nine-month-old baby, the baby's in there and it's about to come out the next day, you decide to open her up and stab it in the head? This is what I'm arguing for, is a, is a kind of incrementalism, which you were just alluding to, right? It's not a black or white thing. Why can't we, bo why can't we all appreciate that it's both? Because it's become so polarized in the United States that both positions are bullshit. And people on both sides know that both positions are bullshit. It's bullshit to say that... It is just a women's health issue and has no ethical implications whatsoever, even if, as you say, you're talking about cutting a woman open at nine months and stabbing the, the embryo in the head. It's also bullshit to say that the instant an egg is fertilized, that is a person that should have all of the rights to life that an adult should have, and that it's murder to kill a blastocyst that's smaller than the size of the head of a pin. Right. It's Both of those positions are stupid. This is an incremental situation. Life evolves, it grows, a fetus grows, it becomes a human being. I mean, Peter Singer, the great philosopher, also an Australian, says that under certain conditions, infanticide, the killing of babies, should be legal and could be ethical. Well, he's an animal nut. Uh, he loves animals more than yeah, he but loves people. Yeah, but he makes a legitimate point, which is that, uh, you know, why does it make a difference one day after the baby is born? Suppose you've got a premature baby that's born, you know, four weeks early. Uh, in fact, now we can already make babies survive at right, at right around the, the point of viability, which is where abortion is still on the on the fringe of. So say you've got a 22 or 23, 24-week-old uh, baby. Not not week-old baby after birth, but, you know, timing yeah. from, the, from the moment of inception. Conception. That could live outside the womb. Right. But the moment it gets born, it becomes murder to kill it. But you could have killed exactly the same organism with exactly the same future and exactly the same prospects and exactly the same life if it was inside the womb. In and then certain it would have, states. Right. Uh, 
well, with under, Ro, under Roe v. Wade, I'm not talking about late term. I'm talking about the point is, of viability. Does Roe v. Wade state a, a viability time? Uh, it's it's been interpreted as being like that twenty to twenty four week. But does it specifically mark. say that? I don't. I don't think. I don't know whether or not that comes out of the actual ruling where they were writing it in Roe v. Wade. But I do know that that is the way that it's been interpreted by lower courts since mm. then. But it, but maybe they actually spelled out the number of weeks. Either way. You know, he's he's pointing to a to a legitimate yes. conundrum of a sort of moral hypocrisy it's a very on both sides of this. Complicated, slippery issue. It's not simple black or white. Right, and the idea that we shouldn't be allowed to think and talk about the the moral quandary of this because we can't have babies. Well, I'm not agreeing. I think it's silly. I'm not agreeing to that. No, I know. But I'm saying that is an argument that women want to take yeah. because they feel they feel like there's this unjust sort of male dominance on the female reproductive system. Look, when I see a bunch of white men, white old men sitting in Congress m making rules against women, predominantly young women, predominantly young women of color who are in areas that have less the least amount of access what to do you safe mean, and legal women of color. How so? Because safe legal abortions are more difficult to obtain in places like rural Alabama than they are in places like New York City. Yeah, but uh, there's a lot of white people sure. in rural Alabama. I don't sure. necessarily think it's a racial issue as much as a poverty issue. Yeah. Especially okay. like things like Planned Parenthood and shutting down Planned Parenthoods. They're just gonna affect people that don't have much money. Yep. Who are disproportionately people of color as well. Disproportionately, in terms of the actual numbers of human beings, or percentage-wise, in terms of percentage-wise, percentage right, but the actual numbers of, of human beings, it's not right. But you can understand how it would look bad if well, you're I just a think black that woman. When you add people of color to that, it accentuates the issue and makes it even more problematic. It makes it more of a big left-wing progressive issue, right? That can't be argued against. Do you you're, think the optics discrimination would look against people of color? Oh, don't want to do that. It's people. Yeah, it's human okay. beings. But do you think that the optics would look as bad if all of the old white men who were writing the laws were black? I think it all looked bad. I don't think it would look as bad. The Wait idea. A Hold on a second. You're saying that if old white men make these issues, it doesn't look as bad? No, I'm saying it, it looks, looks worse. as bad as possible. It looks worse. Then the if worst old thing black you can... men were making this issue against all poor people? Yeah, because old white men just seem to drip privilege, because they you every single checkbox they've got going for them. They're both male, they're white, this and they're old, tortured, and they're This argument. This anyway, is a very the, tortured argument, I, I think. think. You Clarence Thomas, my... you don't think it looks weird when Clarence Thomas votes against abortion? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, so there you go. But I mean, my point, my point is simply... I take the optics as being a bad thing. I think the optics are worse if it's white people than if it's black people, but I'm happy to I'm happy to yield that point to concede that point if that's a sticking one. The point is we have to be able to have conversations about anything without allowing our identities to prevent us from being able to think. I, I mean agree. the, the, you know, the first time the that I came on this show was because I was getting into an argument with an activist about whether or not I had a right to have an opinion about whether or not uh, Stephen Colbert had been racist, right? And she was claiming that I didn't, I didn't have a right to have a conversation about it because I'm a white man. Well, that was just the way she tried to get out of the argument. You know, the, the whole thing before that was her not understanding the joke. And she didn't want to own up to the yes. fact that she didn't understand the joke. And then when you sort of explained it to her, she was using the you as a white man thing to try to deny your opinion. But don't you think it happens all the time? I, th I mean, well, I think this is exactly what you're saying. I think we're, we're both on the same page here in that I think we both agree that you should absolutely be able to have a conversation about this. The question is, 
should a man be able to decide what a woman can and can't do with her body? And should we be able to make the laws? But you just smuggled in the term with her body. Well, it is a baby if it's a blastocyst, and it is in her body. Right, if it's a blastocyst, in it's body? in her body. Right, so that is a decision. that We're talking about that. So when it gets to be an embryo or a fetus, along the way... Somewhere have, along the way, it ceases to be just her body. But an, an unrelated male human being, when should that person be able to make a decision? And should a male human being be able to make a decision at all? Because if you can make a decision about the embryo or a fetus, can you make it about the blastocyst? Like, when can you decide? And why should a man be able to make that decision in the first place? Because, he's, gets, got a, because he's got a brain as well. And we're all but, invested but no, 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 in, no, no. in You're deciding... You're talking about controlling someone's body. You are talking about controlling a body. No, we're talking... A woman with a no, blastocyst inside of her. You tell her she can't take care of that blastocyst and remove it. She must make it viable and bring it to birth. We're talking about when a homo sapien comes into existence. That's a philosophical and ethical question. No, it's not. If you're, you're telling you're a woman... framing it as being if you're telling a, a woman's woman, body. No, 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 because we're talking about the rights. Giving someone a right or stopping them and controlling them. Yeah. If you're talking about a blastocyst inside a woman's body, yeah. and you're a man, and you decide... You don't even know this woman. You decide... By your moral argument and judgment, she should not be able to terminate that blastocyst. Then you are deciding what she can do with her body. No, you're deciding what she can do to the blastocyst. It's in her body. Yeah, it's inside her body, sure. It's also inside her body when it's nine months old. So, you, you're, so you're saying a man, unrelated man, should be able to have input on whether a woman should no. be able to terminate a blastocyst. No, I'm, that's say what you're saying. I'm saying that the democratic institutions of the state should be able to decide that. I'm I mean, not talking about democratic institutions. We were talking very specifically about a man what are you talking being about? able to yeah, decide. Well, if it's a dictatorship, then I don't agree with it. Well, I, mean, I do believe person, that people should be able is... to... I, I think this is something that people ought to be able to vote on, yes. I personally, again, favour abortion rights. But I don't, think that the, I don't think that the gender of the person who is voted into power by the voting public is relevant in terms of whether or not the voting public thinks that embryos are human beings. But you don't think like the, that I don't think I don't think that embryos have a right to life. But I don't I don't think that it makes sense to say that an embryo is just the woman's body. We're not talking about an embryo. We're talking about the entire process, right? The entire process of conception to birth and that somewhere along the I line. I mean what are you arguing? Are you arguing slippery? that if, if there are if there are males in positions of power in Congress that they should have to abstain from ruling? Um, should, arguing, should the male justices on the Supreme Court have to abstain from voting on abortion cases? I'm arguing that it's problematic when a man decides, who cannot get pregnant, decides when a, a, a baby is actually a baby. So should men not be allowed body. to vote for... I'm not saying that. I'm just saying... For candidates that are anti-abortion? Don't you think it's problematic... That a guy should decide whether, like, say, if you're a hardcore right-wing Christian. Yeah, I've already Christian. said it looks bad. Like, not it, just the, looks, the optics is fuck looks, man. But like, what does like, problematic just, mean other than looks? Well, it's not. It's a, it's a huge issue. It's not looks. It's a huge issue that someone who cannot get pregnant decides that another human being that they're totally unrelated to can't make the decision that five cells that are bundled together must be brought to life. They think that those five cells are a person. Well, they don't even know this. Chick. I mean, you're just a lot of cells. They don't even know cells. this person. They don't know this person. Why should they have any power over this person? And well, why when, should they have any power when over, are they, over de determining whether or not... When are they controlling a person's body, and when are they saving a baby? Well, that's precisely the, the question, isn't it? Right. That is the question. Should, they, should a male have the right to determine whether or not a woman can murder her newborn baby? It's a good question. I say no. At least you're consistent. Yeah. I don't think what that if you the should baby's be able one to, year old? I don't think anybody should be able to murder a baby. 
I don't think uh, a man should have the right. I, I think we society, as a society, no, collectively... You, no, no, no. You were just, I thought you were just saying that you, you think that a man should not be able to prevent a mother from killing her baby. No, that's, I said that wrong. Okay. What I mean is no... Because that is what you're saying with regard to, the, to abortion. You're saying that a man shouldn't have a should not have the right to prevent a woman from killing her baby. This is a very odd in the conversation when religious... we interrupt each other. It's not going to work. Okay, I I know what you're saying, and I know that you're saying that we should all have a stake in this. We should all be able to discuss this. I just think that when you talk about like especially like a blastocyst eventually becoming an embryo, we have to ag agree in some way, shape, or form that you and I don't have a stake in it. We're not going to get pregnant. No, it's a way. Right. It's a way bigger issue for a woman than it is for a man. Yes. So we agree. We agree that it's a way bigger issue for a and woman than it is for a man. We both agree that you should be able to discuss it. I just think we both agree that you should be able to discuss yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, and my, you should be able to where have I'm coming this from here, Joe, debate. Where I'm coming from here is that I feel like we use identity politics to deprive other people of standing to discuss questions that are actually universal because they're moral questions. Right. And I think we all have... So I, one thing that I try to do as much as possible is understand where people who I disagree with are coming from. Uh, and I know you do that as well. So I am pro-abortion rights. But in order for me to understand where people who detest abortion are coming from, it's necessary for me to make the sort of leap of empathy and logic into their camp and see things from the way that they see them, which is that the instant an egg is fertilized, for them that becomes a sacred, a sacred question of a new life, where it's no longer about the woman's body. It's now a moral and ethical question that we're all involved in because we're all involved in what our culture is allowed to do and who it's allowed to kill and how it's allowed to kill them. So it becomes a bit more like a death penalty question where you might say, well, I'm never going to be up for the death penalty because I'm never going to do anything that would, that would put me on death row. So what standing do I have to be in favor or against the death penalty? That's sort of a moot question. Like, we're all in this society together. We all have to figure out what's right and wrong. And if we've got a brain, we should have conversations about what's good or bad. And the fact that I'm unlikely to be in a specific scenario doesn't actually really give me less standing to have a conversation about it or even to write laws about it if people vote me into a position where I can write laws about it. Well, I certainly think it does when you're talking about a blastocyst. I th certainly think it does when you talk about the argument of conception and when something becomes alive. So there you have it, Joe and me arguing, <laughs> two white guys arguing about abortion five years ago. Um, look, my thoughts are with uh, all uh, women in America, especially who are who are trying to process this and trying to think about what this means for you and your kids and your grandkids. Uh, I hope that this doesn't open the door to the Supreme Court then striking down a whole bunch of rights that people have, have heretofore been taking for granted on the basis that they were unjustly decided. Um, but that is the risk that you pose when... You fail to legislate these things as a community through your elected representatives and leave them in the hands of the courts. You never know how that court is going to be comprised. Now, the counterpoint to that is, of course, you never know what a future government is going to do either. So up until now, I think a lot of left-wing people have thought that the Supreme Court is, uh, you know, is more stable and more of a guarantor of rights than uh, the whims of a democratic mob are. But this just goes to show that when the Supreme Court does shift its balance of power, that can then have implications that all of a sudden send shockwaves through the, the whole demos and the whole way that 
society thinks that it is structured in terms of what it can and can't do with the hottest button culture war issues. You have to be able to find ways of litigating these things in the place where they are supposed to be litigated in a democracy, which is in the democratic chamber itself. America's is broken. America has all kinds of problems. I mean, the the filibuster is a problem. The undemocratic representation in the Senate is a problem where you have, you know, a small minority of human beings in, uh, in the smallest states holding the balance of power and carrying as much weight as such large populations in the big liberal states. You have the electoral college system, which itself is undemocratic. America needs democratic reform. America needs fundamental democratic reform to its institutions. You need a reform of the way that the Senate does its business. You need a reform of the norms about exactly how these things should get resolved. It's it's a schmozzle, frankly. That's the technical term for it. It's a schmozzle. And you've got calls now from people on the left for Joe Biden to stack the court, to add, you know, an additional two or four justices to the to the court. That would be nuclear. I mean, yes, look, what Mitch McConnell did at the end of Donald Trump's term by, uh, you know, quickly allowing Donald Trump to appoint a new Supreme Court justice after having said at the end of Obama's term that, uh, you know, the end of a president's term is not a time to be able to do so and holding up the, uh, the appointment that Obama rightly should have gotten for nine months. All of that was abysmal, but it was an abysmal breach of unwritten codes to actually rewrite the Supreme Court and pile in more justices would be, I I think, the beginning of a monumental political and cultural war in the United States, the likes of which we haven't seen since the early 1960s. And I'm not sure that that's the way to go. Uh, I can't tell you how to do business, America. But at some point, the left has to realize that with the way the system is, even though it's rigged against you, you're still losing. You're still losing way too much, and you're going to lose again this year in the midterm elections, and the Biden administration is going to massively lose the House of Representatives, and you've got to figure out why. I'm not going to go on a rant now about cancel culture and wokeness and all of the distractions that the left is playing around with, but something that the left is doing in America is not resonating with the heartland, and you need the heartland to win, and you need to win to get lasting change in the place where the change matters. And that is Congress and the White House. It shouldn't always be. It never has been the Supreme Court. Have a wonderful week. I'll be back with regular programming next week. Take care. Continue to strive as best you can to have conversations that are civil, but as much as possible, uncomfortable. Uncomfortable Conversations is produced by Stefan Postuma. Follow me, Josh Seps, on Twitter and Instagram for all the latest. May your day be fruitful, your mind humble, your enemies generous, and your conversations perfectly, sparklingly, delectably uncomfortable.